It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. So proud of President Zelensky and the courage that he has shown and in Congress, we are trying to get the administration on board. President Biden is showing moral leadership, just like President Zelensky is showing moral leadership. He, of course, by his example, uh, shows the kind of courage we all hope we can reach and, and, and provide at, at a moment of uh, real testing. Government doesn't give us our rights. Our rights come to us from God, and government is just a shared tool to secure them. And yeah. you see that spirit, that American uh, Philadelphia 1787 spirit. Yeah. In in Zelensky right now. All right, Sandy Rios with you. That is kind of like the party line, isn't it? That was Senator Brasso, and it was Senator Durbin, it was Ben Sass, and I'm not sure who else was in that uh, montage. And that's courtesy of uh, Tucker Carlson last night, by the way. That was his montage. Uh, and so, you know, Zelensky is a hero, um, and, uh, you know, it, and the Ukrainian people are fighting heroically, and Vladimir Putin is... Uh, the monster and must be destroyed and all of his, you know, banks attacked as people not able to get money. Uh, it's amazing all over the world. Uh, things are being stripped from Russia and torn down and really uh, the destruction economically of Russia has begun. But Russia's the bad guy, right? They're horrible, no good. We have to agree that uh, they must be destroyed. And uh, Zelensky and Ukraine uh, is the hero in this story. You know, I've been um, slow to declare, just like I was on the COVID vaccine. Sometimes I'm slow because I don't want to make a statement until I really do feel I understand. And sometimes these things, and they still are, doesn't mean I have full understanding by a long shot. And I would never claim that, but it takes time uh, sometimes to absorb these things. You know, I was a pundit on television for years where I would be asked about a million things. Sometimes I had no idea, and it was all over the map, and I had to give very quick answers. And I usually am, well, this sounds like boasting. I'm pretty good at that on my feet, you know. But these, um, there's a caution here, uh, because when you have, you cannot know, uh, like in an instant, when you, a news thing flashes across the screen, you have no way of knowing all the background. You don't understand all that, that's behind it. And if you're going to come to uh, an accurate assessment of what's really true, you can't do it quickly. You can have a hunch, you can say a few things, but you can't do it quickly. Well, I think I have to say that, you know, Tucker was accused of being like this Russian propagandist and as a traitor. Uh, and I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't really listening to Tucker that closely. I, I get a lot of my news mostly now from my inside sources, really, honestly, uh, and I don't listen to a lot of television news right now. I find American OAN to be the most trustworthy source, uh, especially after we know now that the uh, Health and Human Services paid these networks, Fox, including Newsmax, uh, tons of money to promote the COVID vaccines. Uh, and it wasn't just commercials. It was editorial content, 
promoting it. Rah, 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 take the vaccine. It's, uh, you know, stops. And it makes me not trust Newsmax. Uh, so I, I, not on everything. I mean, they've got some great anchors. I'm not saying don't listen to them. I'm just telling you, you have to listen, listen with caution to all of these outlets. You have to listen to caution with me. I'm sure I have some blind spots. You probably figured those out. I try really to be open and honest. I try not to do that, to have a, such a strong prejudice that it doesn't comport with the truth. Uh, the truth is the most important thing, even if it doesn't comport with my strong biases. And so anyway, I didn't want to go on a rant there, but I did. I want to go back to Ukraine. We are learning. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this, but it's not going to be easy because it is very complex. Let me just say that during the, after the Soviet Union broke up, you know, Ukraine was part of the great empire, the great, questionably great, uh, and these various eastern countries broke away and Ukraine was formed and it's always had been split because some people have Russian sympathies. Some, in fact, in Russia, it's the same thing. A lot of people look to the old days of uh, communism, and so there's been a split and strife, and it's it's been a you know a, an area of the world where there's been confusion about who's what now and what what do things mean. I mean, I was there again for three weeks right uh, right before the Soviet Union broke up, and so I had a chance to see the confusion in that region. And so it never is left because there hasn't been clarity. Um, and so Ukraine then, though, and many of the Eastern Bloc countries, Albania is one of them also, descended into this, um, and Russia also, into this um, sort of uh, capitalism, but it was wicked, um, ruthless, um, mor- immoral, morality-free uh, the the oligarchs, you know, stripped Russia of all of their natural resources and sold them enriched and sold and enriched themselves. The same thing in Ukraine, and so um, there's a lot more to say about that. But let me just say, during the Obama years, then uh, Obama sent a whole team of former uh, uh, Clinton acolyte, acolytes. Uh, who had all had positions. They always do. They have the secretary of this and the head of this, and you know they have these. Uh, whatever they have titles, uh, they were sent over to Ukraine to form a um, an ethics. Uh, I, that's not the right name, but that's what they were doing. Like, like to make sure that things were happening ethically. <laughs> These unethical people, if you knew their names, were going over to make sure that things in Ukraine and the finances were overseen and handled ethically. And they actually then got a huge uh, a monetary grant from the United States, millions and millions of dollars. It was placed in a bank. Uh, the bank is owned by a Ukrainian oligarch, uh, a very wicked person who could not get a visa to the United States because he was known for beheading people with a chainsaw. That's just one of the things that he did. This is a Ukrainian oligarch. He owned the bank where we put this millions of dollars. And guess what? Suddenly all that money disappeared. Why? It just disappeared and nobody knows where it went. And then on the heels of that, suddenly this oligarch who owned the bank who was uh, had was known for beheading people with a chainsaw got a visa to the United States. I don't know where he is, by the way. If I did, I'd try to tell you. Uh, but then this whole cycle was repeated again uh, during the Obama administration. Uh, a whole bunch of money was uh, thrown into Ukraine, and it also disappeared. Um, I would say, in general, if I could explain this, I think based on my reading that Ukraine has become a playground for the uh, laundering of millions and billions of dollars uh, from West, the West, and I don't know who else, but I'll just say the West. And uh, uh, you think of uh, 
Hunter Biden, who we'll get to a little bit later today. I hope to talk about that. Uh, up to his neck in uh, money from Burisma, uh, the uh, oil company there. Uh, uh, Biden up to his neck in it through his son. Uh, lots of money. You know, remember that Joe Biden was vice president then, and President Obama placed him in charge of Ukraine and China. And uh, and so they made a ton of money. So we know the Biden family somehow got really rich. We don't, I mean, maybe it, maybe it had nothing to do with that money in that bank that disappeared. I don't know. I'm just telling you that's how corrupt the whole thing is. And so enter then the World Economic Forum. Go figure. This group uh, run by Klaus Schwab and, you know, lots of other people, that he's the, the voice and face of it, they have plans for the world. That includes, like, them taking over, you and me not so much. Uh, they tell us that we are not going to have anything and we're going to be happy. That's one of the many things they want to tell us. They want to glean the population. They want there to be less of us. Not less of them, just less of us. And so, there, you know, the COVID uh, protocols and all of that was perfect, perfect for them, just perfect. In fact, they predicted it was going to happen way back in the fall of 2019, the World Economic Forum. And so the World Economic Forum then starts, we know, selecting leaders all over the world. They selected this uh, a deputy prime minister in Canada, the one that is so excited about taking away the money of the uh, the Canadian truckers who were trying to fight the COVID protocols. She delightedly, uh, Krista, Krista, whatever her name is, Krista. Anyway, she's a World Economic Forum pick, and so is uh, so is the Premier of Canada. But so, as it turns out, is Vladimir Zelensky. Sounds so outrageous. Who could believe it? I've played this for you before, but let me play it again. This is Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, bragging about how many people they have placed around the world in various key positions in government. This is clip four. Um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young global leaders of the world economic right. form. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina, and uh, it's true in France now, mm -hmm. I mean, with the president. Yes, it's with so good. Oh, my goodness. We have leader, all of these people everywhere. The World important. Economic Forum is wonderful. He's salivating because we are going to control the world. Christia Freeland is the deputy prime minister in Canada, and, of course, she's one of them. So is um, Tulsi Gabbard. I just want to t drop that in because you have to understand. Uh, they, they, it's very, it's, we are living in days of deception. And so we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, don't we? Don't we? So let's go back to Zelensky. So Zelensky um, has declared martial law in Ukraine, and you might understand that because it's war, but he has shut down all of the parties that oppose him in the government. Uh, there's one called Operation Platform for Life, who has been right with him in condemning the Russians, but he has made them illegal. 
and he's disbanded those parties. And so now it's a one-party state. It's just people that support him. He now controls all the media. He's shut down all the national television state stations, the independent stations, the national stations. There's only one station now that uh, put, that pr- puts out exactly what Zelensky feels and what the party line is. Uh, last year, before this all started, he had his political opponent arrested and all of his assets seized. He has shut down three television channels, others that criticized him, and so he now has complete control. And I think it's important that you understand that he is a World Economic Forum uh, sweetheart, and uh, Klaus Schwab just told you that. And so um, it's not what you think. He's not the hero that you think. Uh, He is uh, consolidating control of Ukraine, and it's going to be a nightmare for the people if they ever finish. That doesn't mean Russia's good. That doesn't mean Russia should invade and be killing civilians. It doesn't mean that at all. But I want to illustrate one more thing. This is some. This is all coming. This is from Tucker's show last night. I want to give him credit, of course. Um, this is um, uh, this is a guy who's a medic uh, in charge of a field hospital. He's a Ukrainian, and he does an interview. Now, this is not available. Uh, this has been taken offline. But you're going to hear it because Tucker had it last night, and we captured it. His name is Jazinko. And actually, Adam, why don't you read? Um, why don't you read? Why don't you play this clip nine, and I will. Uh, just to talk over what he's actually saying, okay? His name is Gennady Duzinko. I have instructed my doctors, I have always been a great humanist, and said that as soon as a person is wounded, he is no longer an enemy, but a patient. But now, a very strict instruction is to castrate all men because they are cockroaches, not people. So this Ukrainian on the battlefield who is in charge of this field hospital is castrating all Russians who are captured or wounded. He's castrating them because they're cockroaches, not people. There's enough evil to go around here, uh, and we need to be very clear. doesn't mean you shouldn't be careful about the charities you give to. I would say Samaritan's Purse. Google, by the way, is removing all information that doesn't comport with the party line. Doesn't it make you suspicious that now they're doing to Russia what they did to the Canadian truckers? This is coming out of all the, uh, some people are just stupid, I think, you know, but it's also very deliberate. And these are the kinds of forces that will turn against, have turned against conservatives in America and will turn against any force that opposes them. They think they are God. They've even said it. George Soros says he's God. And I think Bill Gates has come close to that too. Trouble is, they're not. And uh, he will decide the beginning and the end, not them. This is Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Stacy Dean, Deputy Administrator for the Food and Nutrition Service. Her office works to increase nutrition assistance for struggling families and individuals. Genesis 9-3 reminds us of God's blessings of food. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I give you the green plants, I give you everything. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Stacy Dean as she works to improve food and nutrition for more Americans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. When deciding where to pursue your career goals, you want a university that you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. Liberty is celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. The Babylon Bee has been suspended from Twitter. The popular conservative satire page drew fire from censors over a post about Dr. Rachel Levine. Dr. Levine, who is a biological male, was recently named one of USA Today's Women of the Year. So the Bee named Dr. Levine as their Man of the Year for breaking barriers and being true to himself. A hilarious send-up of a very serious issue in this nation, both science and truth now under assault. When there is no such thing as absolute truth, you get chaos in the culture, and that's exactly what we have, chaos. But come to think of it, what an incredible feat for a man to be named Woman of the Year. And that is the essence of transgenderism, that men make better women than biological women do. My new book makes a great gift for biological moms, our daily biscuit, available at ToddStarge.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Something I didn't have a chance to tell you yesterday. Sandy Rios back with you, by the way. Uh, You probably read this or heard this, that Justice Clarence Thomas was hospitalized on Friday Friday for an infection. Uh, And uh, the left is really happy about that. You do know, and as I've told you, uh, the left has come after them. And wife Jenny Thomas with a vengeance, they have put out a trove of articles slamming them. They are desperate to get Clarence Thomas off the for, uh, off the, the, the United States Supreme Court. He has been uh, become the strongest, really, uh, voice for the conservative movement. He's just unshakable, and he's just, unfortunately for them, black. And so uh, you could imagine, <laughs> I can't even read all of the are delighted on the left that he's sick, hoping that he dies um, you know, just just very, you know, just salivating. A little bit different. Do you remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg got sick with an infection right before she died? How they mourned and how the news, uh, the news outlets, you know, paid so much attention because she, of course, was a hair of the AC, um, um, ACLU. Yeah, ACLU. All of her pro-abortion diatribes, the damage that she's done uh, to women's rights. I think damage because. Um, uh, 
anyway, she was on she was uh, on the moral low ground on all of these issues. Uh, she was a very interesting person, no question about that. But I can tell you firsthand <laughs> that Justice Clarence Thomas is just as interesting. He is a fascinating person, but they hate him. One pundit says, I won't cry when Clarence Thomas dies, just letting you know in case you worry about that. Others just speculating how wonderful it would be if he just died. And at the same time, coming out with another article against Jenny Thomas, you know, just like a battering ram, they just just keep putting, the Hill is the one that came out with this latest one. Um, so now they're trying to make a big deal. Jenny uh, did an article in response to all of these attack articles on her that she was there on January the 6th. Uh, she got she went to part of the rally and she got cold and left early. <laughs> that was that's how she reported it. Uh, and so, but they want to make a lot of that, and they want him off the court because he is the wrong kind of black man. And if you don't think that's true, I want to talk about Katanji Jackson Brown's hearing yesterday as best I can. Uh, the, the, today's the second day of the hearings, by the way, so you'll be hearing a lot more about it today. She is the first black woman nominated to serve the Supreme Court, but she's not the first black judge, a female judge, to be nominated. And I played this for you yesterday, but I want to play it for you again because I explained to you, but it's worth repeating, that I have sat in that Senate Judiciary Committee uh, during the time when Janice Rogers Brown, you'll hear this her name in a second, and also um, Miguel Estrada, who was the first Hispanic nominee for the D.C. Circuit Court, and that's the feeder court for the Supreme uh, Supreme Court, uh, when they were destroyed and others destroyed. I had a front row seat as Kennedy and Leahy and Durbin and Biden lied and lied and lied. They have no, they have no compunction to tell the truth. I've never understood why people have to go before Congress and they're prosecuted if they don't tell the truth in their congressional testimony while senators and congressmen can lie with impunity. It's very tough to take when you're sitting there close at hand and they're disparaging and lying about the people sitting in front of them and they took off the gloves. So Joe Biden was a champion of this, let me just say. And of course, we know how, uh, you know, colorblind he is. What did he say about Barack Obama? He's uh, he's for a black guy. He's like articulate and clean. Why, what a shock. That was a shock to Joe Biden. So, But Joe Biden now is, you know, the champion of all things black. And so he's nominated this first female black justice. Uh, but he didn't feel that way back when Janice Rogers Brown was really potentially the first black female. Uh, candidate to be a Supreme Court justice. And here in the argument over her nomination for the D.C. court, this is what Joe Biden said. You heard it yesterday. Let's listen again. Um, and, uh, but I have no intention to filibuster somebody. It depends on who the president sends. But I could see a circumstance. Mm -hmm. For example, if he set up Edith Jones, I can assure you that would be a very, very, very difficult fight, and she probably would be filibustered. What about what, Janice what, Rogers Brown, someone excuse else? Excuse me, I'm, 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 I'm not. By the way, I misspoke. I misspoke. Janice Rogers Brown is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. I misspoke. Thank but, you for but, saying But that. wasn't, she, wasn't, she, just, wasn't she just confirmed, though? How do you invoke the extraordinary circumstances yes. clause of the agreement of the Gang of 14 for somebody who's just why. been confirmed? Because a circuit court of a judge is bound by stare decisis. They don't get to make new law. They have to abide by the, for example, she So, so what you're saying is the Supreme a, Court's different than different the ballgame. Right. Okay. Totally different ballgame. Yeah, that's not true. But I noticed Biden forgot her name, Janice Rogers Brown. Uh, she was a woman of great integrity, a lot of qualifications, but she was pro-life. 
and she was black. Oh, my goodness, we can't have that. Oh, no, we can't have Clarence Thomas. We wish he would die. We're all in favor of uh, the uh, of black, you know, Americans. We're cheerleaders for the right kind of black Americans. In fact, just to drill this home, Cory Booker yesterday, uh, you, you heard, you got the setup. They made much of her being the first black female nominated. And that is an, that is a, uh, that's an achievement, but not because she's black. And I just can't, as a woman, I just don't get that. I do get it. I don't like it. I do not like women being praised because they're women. I care about their character. I care about what they think about the issues and their positions on those. That's what we should care about. But we cheer now because of gender. You know, he's a, I think we cheer men. We only cheer women. And we certainly cheer black women or Hispanic women. Um, oh, there's a lot of white. Well, Hillary Clinton is white. She gets cheered. She was going to be the first woman president. So um, anyway, All right, so Cory Booker from New Jersey said he felt a sense of overwhelming joy at Jackson's nomination because she's black, of course. Of course, she's a black woman who agrees with him. So I guess he could, he probably is pretty excited about that. Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin. Oh, Lord, could I talk about Dick Durbin? I fought hard to get him uh, dethroned before he ever got into the Senate. He was uh, challenged, challenged. He had never been in the Senate. His opponent was Al Salvi from Illinois. And I worked really hard to get Al. Uh, Al elected, uh, but Dick Durbin prevailed because he was an amazing lawyer. I can't. I've never. I was. I was a novice at the time, and I. I wasn't used to how they lie. Like uh, I know. I know a lot. You know, I had a lot of experience. I've uh, debated many of them on television, and know that they are. You know, the truth is not very important, and it's kind of hard to debate with a liar because they can say anything. You say something's true, they go, "That's not true," and that's Dick Durbin, the the consummate liar, said. Uh, in the Judiciary Committee yesterday, he noted that when the Supreme Court first convened in 1790, the United States had an estimated 700,000 slaves. Well, that's interesting, um, but of course he's making a point here. There was no equal justice under the law for the majority of people living in America. You are living witness to the fact that in America all is possible. Not really, not if you're a black conservative. It's not really possible. And I might remind you that it was, and I don't care about party, but it was the Republicans who freed the slaves. It was a Republican president. I've just been watching this History Channel review of, you know, Grant and Lincoln and what great men they were and how they were the ones who had heart and compassion to free the slaves. Uh, it wasn't the Democrats who later were the ones who, you know, created the Jim Crow South. But I die, I, you know, sorry, I'm getting off track here. So Lindsey Graham, for all of his faults, uh, stepped in to kind of set the record straight, and this is clip five in the hearing yesterday. Most of us couldn't go back to our offices during Kavanaugh without getting spit on. Hope that doesn't happen to y'all. I don't think it will. Uh, as to the historic nature of your appointment, I understand. But when I get lectured about this from my Democratic colleagues, I remember Janice Rogers Brown, an African-American woman that was filibustered by the same people praising you. I remember... Remember Miguel Estrada, one of the finest people I ever met, completely wiped out. Didn't make it through the uh, uh, gang of uh, 14, whatever gang I was in. I've been in so many, I can't remember. He, he didn't make the cut. Well-lived life just completely ruined. So if you're Hispanic or African-American conservative, it's about your philosophy. Now it's going to be about the historic nature of the pick. That's going to be about your philosophy. 
The bottom line here is when it is about philosophy, when it's somebody of color on our side, it's about we're all racist if we ask hard questions. It's not going to fly with us. We're used to it by now, at least I am. So it's not going to matter a bit to any of us. We're going to ask you what we think you need to be asked. And Senator Hawley, you need to ask her about her record as a uh, district court judge. You should. I hope you do. And we'll see what she says. Very fair game. All right. So, uh, so enough said. He, he made the point. All right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Katanji uh, Braxton, Jackson Brown made a beautiful statement. Actually, did I just toss that? No, no. Here it is. Uh, she made a beautiful statement. She said uh, she thanked God for her life. She said, while I'm on the subject of gratitude, I must also pause to reaffirm my thanks to God, for it is faith that sustains me at this moment. Even prior to today, I can honestly say that my life has been blessed beyond measure. It is extremely humbling to be considered for Justice Breyer's seat, and I know that I could never fill his shoes. My parents taught me that unlike the many, the many barriers that they had to face growing up, my path was clearer. So that if I worked hard and believed in myself in America, I could do anything or be anything I wanted to be. Very winsome. Uh, she's very personable, according to all the, the the Republicans that have interviewed her and the others too. But they they don't have as much to prove as the Republicans, and I don't doubt that. That's just kind of a strange thing. It's like Joe Biden saying he's Catholic and pro-life, and then votes for the worst kinds of things and allows the worst kinds of things. And that's how I uh, that's what I fear. Uh, with Katanji Brown-Jackson. She talks about her faith, but there's a disconnect. But we'll see. Maybe she'll have a change of heart. And I want to just point out what her record is, because we've talked about it, but let me just condense it. Two things that are very concerning. Uh, she uh, helped free 729 Gitmo terrorists. Those were the ones held after 9-11 and our war in the Middle East, who were the worst of the worst. Um, she freed 729 of them, 229 went back into terrorism, 12 uh, killed six Americans. That's just one part. She was happy to let them go. And uh, that whole thing is just a sham in Gitmo, just a horrible sham. The judges, the whole system down there, shocking. Bruce spent some time down in Gitmo, uh, and it's just it's it's just the world turned upside down. And then, like I said, the mastermind of, of uh, 9-11 is still alive. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, he's still down there alive. Fat and happy, they've all gained weight. They play play sports. Uh, they it's just um it's just an amazing, disgusting story. All right, so but Katanji Jackson Jackson Brown felt you know she freed seven hundred and twenty nine of them back to go back and fight. Uh, she also has a twenty five year record of advocacy for lighter punishment for sex predators of kids. She was a sentencing she was on the sentencing commission and she was a judge and she has a consistent record of that. And just to put that in context, has anybody heard of Jeffrey Epstein? Has anybody heard of the pedophile rings that are in existence now? Does anybody doubt about the sex trafficking uh, and especially things coming over the border of what people, horrible people, including people in power like Prince, uh, Prince, Prince, whatever his name is from England, uh, you know, pardon? Oh, Prince Andrew, thank you, Adam. Yeah, Prince Andrew, uh, you know, uh, all the, these people in high places doing horrible things to children? Anybody think that's a problem now? Anybody think pornography is a problem? Anybody think that we need to reduce sentences for people that are involved in child, child pornography who are sentenced for acting out? Um, I don't know. I remember the, the female gymnasts who were sexually assaulted 
Well, the U.S. Olympic Committee and the FBI did nothing. They knew about it. They did nothing. They willfully uh, just let this guy, the coach, do ongoing rape and sexual abuse of hundreds and preteen and teenage children. So it's kind of mainstreamed, and it's mainstreamed so much that the the left, even the professors, I told you pedophilia is the next, I think I've told you this, if I haven't, please hear me, uh, after homosexuality, uh, gay marriage, transgenderism, the next horizon is pedophilia to mainstream it. And trust me, they've been working at this for a long time. So uh, Josh Hawley brought up her record and recited it in the hearing yesterday. He was very polite to her. He said he complimented her on her kindness and the good meeting that they had. But these are the things he's concerned about, and he cited all of these. Uh, he asked for lighter sentences for case and case after case after case. All right, so after he did that in the hearing room, uh, he is accosted. Accosted? No, he stopped in the hallway. This happens all the time in Congress. He's not accosted, but it's an ABC reporter. And I want you to hear the exchange. It's clip three. We have looked through your record, and it shows that you have voted for at least three federal judges that have imposed lighter sanctions on child porn offenders. So how do you square that? Yes, yeah, I mean, same answer. Not from this court. And uh, I think that, you know, a pattern is, is going to be a problem wherever I'm aware of it. So just in this instance, I think, I know that's the White House talking point, but I think it's a dangerous one. You've got to be careful with that. You know, it's the old, everybody else is jumping off a cliff, so I will, too. But what should you have been concerned about it then, if you're concerned about it now? Oh, I I am concerned about it. So do you regret your decision then? Well, I don't know what, I'm not sure which judges you're talking about, because I haven't seen the White House's talking points on this. I know that this is their headline, but... uh, It's not, it's it's public information. We actually have it here, uh, at least three um, federal appeals court judges. Which one? Bianco of the Second Circuit. what were the cases? Um, Andrew Brasher of the Eleventh Circuit. I mean, what you, were the you cases? voted for them. What were the cases? That's Shouldn't you be familiar with their well, records? What were well? the cases? You know their record. <laughs> so you have to look that up. You don't know their record? What, but what cases? Was it after the mention? So do you expect me to just... How many... Oh, well, I expect you to know the facts since you're asking me about them. So how many cases did they have? Judge Jackson has seven. I just listed them. What are the ones that these judges have? The larger point, Senator, which I think you that you're this? not... So you don't know. You're just here to do a gotcha. When you know and get the facts, come back to me. Yeah, I can talk to you about it. Good luck. All right, that's an ABC reporter. You hear what's going on there. She, it is It is a White House talking point that he voted to confirm three judges who had somewhere in their history uh, done the same thing Katanji Jackson-Brown did, given lighter sentence to pornography, people convicted of pornography, child pornography. And so Josh Hawley says, well, what are those cases? What are you talking about? And, of course, she doesn't know. It's it's just amazing. So it's a game. It's a dangerous game. It's a very dangerous game. And so the second uh, set of hearings start today. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it. Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe. Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, 
The Victorious Persecuted Church in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine or visit EngageMagazine.net. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the CDC and the Guttmacher Institute, the number one reason women choose abortion is they're not ready for a child. The number two reason, they can't afford a baby. Number three, they don't want any more children. Number four, they don't want to be a single mother. Number five, not mature enough to raise a child. Number six, a baby would interfere with their education or career. Those reasons represent 95% of all abortions. Risk to the mother's physical health represent less than 4% of all abortions. And conception resulting from rape and incest represent less than 1% of all abortions. Abortion is used as birth control. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Amidst Russia's wholesale destruction of Ukraine, growing trouble much closer to home is getting scant attention. We're about to lose what's left of free Latin America to our indigenous and foreign enemies there with calamitous economic, demographic, and national security consequences here. Straws in the wind include Chile's new Marxist government's installation of the granddaughter of former Communist President Salvador Allende as its defense minister. Cartels engorged on the money they've made smuggling across our southern border since Joe Biden opened it are waging all-out war against the Mexican military. And impending elections may well result in anti-American leftists running the table in their last two holdouts, Colombia and Brazil. We must secure our southern border, oppose Chinese and Russian support for their regional communist international, the Forum of San Paulo, and stand with those in Latin America who love freedom. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Do you think it, it, it was too soon to move to the new metrics that allow so many Americans to to not have to wear masks? Jake, it's not too soon if you observe the caveat that's associated with that. And the caveat is we need to be flexible. And if, in fact, we do see a turnaround and a resurgence, we have to be able to pivot and go back to any degree of mitigation 
that is commensurate with what the situation is. So we can't just say we're done. Now we're going to move on. We've got to be able to be flexible. Yeah, we got to be flexible. And there's a caveat. There's always a caveat. Almost, you know, it's if it weren't so insidious and so dangerous, what Dr. Anthony Fauci has done, it would be funny. It could be, you know, it could be a, it could be a great Saturday night, Saturday night live skit, but um, it's it's not funny. And so um, I uh, I have lots to tell you about COVID this morning. We haven't talked about it in a while. And there is uh, a lot of news about it. And I, I had to choose between talking to you about Hunter Biden and talking to you about uh, COVID. But I think maybe I should discuss this because I'm not sure you're going to hear this in other places. Um, there was our friend uh, Matt Staver pr- presented some incredible evidence uh, in a courtroom in Florida on behalf of the uh, Navy SEALs uh, just yesterday. And I, I, not yesterday, a couple of days ago. All right, so let me, it's going to be a little uh, little awkward here, but I'm going to try to give it to you as clear as I can. This, I have to tell you, not that this matters, my emotions don't matter, but I got so mad when I read this this morning. I was just spitting nails. I, I just, I can't believe what they have done to the people in our military. How dare, how dare they put them at risk and make them take these vaccines and make them suffer all the consequences like guinea pigs? How dare they make them choose between their lives and taking the risk of their health and supporting their families? I, that is exactly what's happened, and Congress is just silent on it, except for a few voices here and there. Their efforts have just been shameful, shameful, except for a few exceptions. And so, all right, let me jump in and just tell you, we have some numbers now. This is, I'm reading this from my friend Daniel Horowitz, uh, who writes for The Blaze. It is now abundantly clear from numerous data points that the shots have caused unimaginable injury among the general population. Military doctors have come forward to show the enormity of this damage in the military. Yet the military has chosen to cover it up and tamper with their own health surveillance data in order to conceal the magnitude of the injury. Meanwhile, new data presented in a Florida federal court on behalf of Navy SEAL of a Navy SEAL demonstrates that, at a minimum, more people died from the shot than from COVID. All right, stay with me. March 10th, Attorney Matt Staver, Liberty Council, presented data in a court showing 127 VAERS, that's the Voluntary Reporting System, 127 VAERS reported COVID vaccine-related deaths in the military in 2021. That is more than the 93 reported COVID deaths in the military since the beginning of the pandemic. And, of course, COVID deaths are almost always overestimated. So given, take them at their word, that there were 93 COVID deaths, probably not. But 127 VAERS reported COVID vaccine-related deaths, and that's probably underreported because it's voluntary. Keep in mind the COVID deaths, blah, 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 blah. Um, Even CDC researchers recently conceded that the actual rates of myocarditis per million doses a vaccine are likely higher than estimated by theirs reports. So there is a specifically a specific thing that monitors what's happened in the military. It's called the Defense Medical Epidemiology Data, and uh, it was presented by whistleblowers in this trial. 
Uh, and it was correct when it showed a massive surge in injuries ranging from neurological and cardio to cancers and immune disorders. I'm skipping around, as you can tell in this article. In 2021, there was a 37% increase in military hospitalizations. And that was presented by the whistleblowers in that Florida case also. Here is the data from the whistleblowers as presented by Attorney Tom Rince to Senator Ron Johnson, showing a 37% increase with two months of 2021 still not reported. If the numbers for November and December followed the same trajectory, it would show a 55% increase in military hospitalizations for 2021 over a five-year average. And then the DOD, though, the Department of Defense, jumped in. Okay, because, you know, they had to jump in. And guess what they said? You know what? That data uh, and that particular reporting system that we use, the defense medical epidemiology data, we had, there was a glitch. There was a glitch. And uh, we've readjusted it. And when they readjusted it, it showed that there was a 2% decrease in hospitalizations over the five-year average. So, in other words, during COVID and all that was happening in the country, according to the glitch that's been corrected by the military figures, there was really a 2% decrease in hospitalizations in the military. Could I just say that sort of defies logic, don't you think? Without sitting on that too long, that sounds even a little silly, don't you think? Okay, we know that they're lying. Uh, So um, let me go on, because this is now in the courtroom. It was uh, Judge Douglas Maryday. He had a call for an injunction on the vaccine mandate in the Navy SEAL versus Austin, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. Uh, And he says, uh, Daniel observes that when we finally get discovery, we'll find out a lot more, but the DOD is still dragging its feet. Meanwhile, the plaintiffs called three military flight surgeons, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Chambers, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, and Colonel Retired Stuart Tankersley to the stand to discuss their experience in treating mass vaccine injury in the military. When Liberty Council's Matt Staver asked Lieutenant Colonel Long a question about the, the, that reporting system in the military, she said, I have been ordered not to answer that question. Judge Mary Day immediately asked, ordered by who? She then testified that the night before she was told by her commanders not to testify, which is likely a violation of the Whistleblower Act and constitutes tampering with the witness. And here are the words. Uh, that w- This is the report from uh, Liberty Council. Staver asked Long if the information the military ordered her not to testify to was relevant and important to the court, and she said yes. Staver asked why. Dr. Long paused, held back tears, looked at the judge and said, I have so many soldiers being destroyed by this vaccine. Not a single member of my senior command has discussed my concerns with me. I have nothing to gain and everything to lose by talking about it. I'm okay with that because I am watching people get absolutely destroyed. Dr. Long said she is inundated morning, noon, and night regarding people who have been injured by taking the COVID shots. Those injured are predominantly pilots, and pilots have to meet one of the highest fitness standards. She also said she is aware of at least two people who committed suicide under pressure to get the shots and the threat of punishment for refusal. Dr. Long also testified that based on the VAERS database, deaths of military members from the vaccine exceeded deaths from COVID 
itself. That article is called um, More There's Reported Vaccine Deaths in Our Military Than COVID Deaths. And we will put that on our Getter page so that you can share it, and I hope that you will. And this takes me to the next story. Chad Carswell was an Air Force veteran who served in Operation Enduring Freedom uh, valiantly. Uh, he said he found himself in combat just weeks into boot camp, and uh, some were. He said he enlisted and left before he finished training because he felt he needed to help. And so he's 39 years old, and he went public recently. I remember we did tell this story, but not this part of it about being turned away by a North Carolina hospital for a desperately needed kidney transplant because he refused to get the vaccine. Uh, we told that story in relation after Deborah Doster, our listener, who was waiting for this uh, kidney from Vanderbilt, who changed their mind on refusing to give her this organ transplant. Uh, but North Carolina has not changed its mind. The good news is that when people got the word, Medical City Fort Worth Transplant Institute learned about it, and they offered to get him in the facility, his kidney function is down to 4%, and they are waiting to find a match for him. Uh, and so that's, again, Medical City Fort Worth Transplant Institute. But meanwhile, the Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center uh, in uh, took in Winston-Salem that they would not consider Carswell for a transplant until he was vaccinated. That's the Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, could it be because so many of those leaders like Russell Moore uh, were uh, paid money and sort of asked by the Health and Human Services to promote the vaccine to Baptists uh, and to other denominations, other leaders as well, not just Baptists? Yeah, well, see the, 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 see the effects of this? Anybody notice there's kind of a correlation that it has caused death or certainly the refusal of care? That lead, could lead to death. It's just a disgusting. It really is. Okay, so that's that story. And then here is a story out of um, this is out of the United Kingdom. A 34-year-old woman, Kim Lockwood, she complained of a headache days after taking the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine, and then she died. The coroner said her condition quickly deteriorated. She developed a sudden and catastrophic brain bleed. Her death was recorded by Doncaster Coroner's Court as vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, thromba, whatever, thrombocytopenia, cytopenia maybe. Uh, anyway, her husband said she's a mom of two. She complained that her head felt like it was going to explode. And her father, Wayne Merrill, said her last words were her headache was going to kill her. So the U.K. government has said there's been 438 reported cases of thromboembolic events, including blood cutting, and 79 deaths to date after receiving the AstraZeneca vaccine. Remember that Great Britain is a much smaller country, even though that's a terrible number. They're a much smaller country, so it's a big percentage of their population by comparison. And then, of course, there's the story from the CDC, who have, uh, <laughs> for some reason... They recorded the number of deaths of children of COVID because it's just getting horrible, you see. Like Melody Schreiber wrote in an article in The Guardian that uh, children were, this uh, Omicron surge was much worth, worse for them, and they were dying, and they were dying in increasing numbers. And 
Um, and so, uh, so then they are asking for this vaccine for children. We just have to have this vaccine for children because children are really affected by the, um, uh, this new uh, variant, Omicron, and they're dying. And now there's all these people, they claim that uh, almost 2,000, well, 755 children had died as a result of the virus, including 738 this year. I'm not laughing because of that. I'm laughing because suddenly, quietly, quietly, they have adjusted their numbers. Well, they've adjusted their numbers by a lot. They kind of made a mistake. Uh, they cited erroneous data, um, and and they said, let's see. So it issued a statement on the latest change, uh, burying its explanation in a footnote, and said, uh, March 15, 2022, data on deaths were adjusted after resolving a coding logic error. That sounds like the military. They had a glitch, you know. Well, the CDC had a coding logic era. The, re- the result in decreased in death counts across all demographic categories, especially for children. And then I've got to get the numbers here for you. Let me find this because um, the numbers are here. It was an amazing difference. Oh, my goodness. Where is that? So, um, uh, amended CDC tracking figures reduced the U.S. death toll to around seven. This is the whole to- death toll around 780,000 for more than 851,000. The separate tally uh, for cases involving COVID included 921 children. So that included some children who died they, with other things, but they were infected with the virus, but they, weren't, they didn't die because of it. It's lower than the more than 1,300 pediatric COVID-19 deaths recorded on the revised CDC data, data tracker. Sorry, I'm being unclear here because I can't find exactly the numbers. Uh, but but let me just say it was significant, and the numbers of children that they claimed who died of Omicron were not true. They were not accurate. And it was just, you know, a glitch. It's a, a, an error, you know. You know, these things happen. Yeah, these things happen. So uh, we have a lot of glitches, a lot of excuses. And what they're trying to do, of course, is to vaccinate children. Don't you let them vaccinate your children. And don't you get vaccinated now. I just think, why would you do that? And the friends and family are still doing that. Uh, pass these stories on to them. We should put this, the woman who died of the rare brain, brain bleed in the Epoch Times. We'll put that on our on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, Facebook. No, no, not anymore. On our uh, Getter page. Okay. Well, there you go. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.